Are you all as nervous as I am? <laughs> Probably not. And this technology is not cooperating. Let's go back. You know, it works fine when you're sitting in the library looking all this up and doing this. I'm not sure what picture I've got there. Good one. Okay. Okie doke. Yesterday matters. Yesterday matters. I think y'all were probably expecting John to be here, and he let me have half of this to talk about yesterday matters. I want to read from Genesis chapter 9, and starting with verse 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all, the, all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Rainbows hold a special place in my heart, uh, just always have. Grew up in White Oaks, gold mining town, and uh, I always thought, you know, if there was ever a chance to find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, it'd be there. So one afternoon, I busied myself on a wet and rainy afternoon, and I chased a rainbow tail all over White Oaks. And uh, it was for hours I chased that booger, and it was always just out of reach. It was just a little further over the hill, or next one, or next one, or next one, and I think if mother and daddy had known how far I went away from the house and how far I had gone, I, I would probably have been in trouble. But uh, I don't think they ever found out where I'd been. And then it was years later I started really studying and understanding rainbows. In verse 15, when, when God says, I will remember. I will remember. It's important to remember. And so yesterday matters. Today we're here. We're getting to celebrate a special 25th anniversary here at Gateway. And uh, that is that we converted Safeway. Converted Safeway. Started out as just a, a, a shell of a building. And as the years came and, and the time went along, it started changing. And uh, it, it really transformed into... A beautiful, beautiful worship center building. That one got a little blurry on the size, but that's the first day, first time of meeting in the auditorium with plastic chairs. And, and you can see the old podium that we have uh, hiding out in the back back here. And the colors have changed, things have changed. But 25 years, there was a, just a hint of a mention in one of the elders' meetings about this being the silver anniversary and what we might ought to do with that during collection time, but we didn't get any further along with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it uh, oh, we, we decided just to talk about the, the yesterday matters. And, and so there's so much, so many memories that come back in here. I've not been here the full 25 years in this building. My time goes back to uh, Gateway when it was over at the, uh, up the road up here. And, but there are those here today that have been here then, up that way, and have been here the full 25 years here. And I know that there's at least one here today 
This is the first time they've been in a worship service here. So we've got lots of years of experience of things going back, and we've, we've seen some, some uh, really different things go on here. We've, we've seen people learn to love God here. We've seen people learn to repent of their sins here. We've seen people confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We've seen people be baptized. We have watched marriages on this stage and here and in the back. We've seen birthdays come and go. Those birthdays lead to funerals where we've, we have celebrated the life of people who have, have been here worshiping with us and around. We have listened to life stories of people. We've uh, praised God here like we've done this morning. We've prayed here. We've seen men, women, and children classes here. We've seen Wyatt Sparks cooking, cooking all kinds of meals here. We've seen this building used as a disaster relief center, uh, 08. We had Hurricane Dolly come through, and, and this building was filled to capacity with people. Uh, latest of the fires, Little Bear Fire, when it took out 300-and-something homes here, this building was full again. We've seen it used for all kinds of things, to uh, vacation Bible schools, retreats, basketball games. We have, uh, we've seen people held accountable here. We've seen people that have, have shown great humility here. We've seen people that have shown love. We've seen people that have shown anger. We've seen people that have so, shown ugliness. We've seen joy and peace and kindness and goodness and patience. We've seen faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We've heard those who were so dissatisfied that they literally left here and didn't come back. And we've seen people that have been so dissatisfied that they wanted to start another family somewhere else and not, and not stay with this family. We've seen those things. We've seen the power of the Holy Spirit at work here. We've seen the power of the Holy Spirit move through this building, move through people, and do amazing things with mission work, with sickness, with healing. Just amazing things have gone on. We've seen marriages healed here. We've seen families brought back together when children have left and been mad and children come back, when parents literally push the children away and, and the parents come back and, and take the children back. We've seen lives change. We've seen shame. We've seen honesty. Through all of these things, we've not been perfect in our yesterdays. We just haven't. Kind of like real life, real family. We've just not been perfect. But these last 25 years in this building have been stepping stones to today. Every single person that has walked through these doors, whether they're here today or not, have been a part of that life, part of the stepping stones, a part of, of what lets us remember our past. When we need to remember our past, we need to learn from it, we need to repeat the things that are good, and we need to leave the things that are bad aside. And most of all, we need to know that it's not about this building. It's just not about this building. This building is really comfortable, it's really nice, and I thank you, God, that we have this building and we can come here, but it's not about this building. 
It's about the stones, the stepping stones. It's about each and every person that has come into this building and been a part of this family. A part whether you just touch us one single time and then you're gone, but you've touched us and you've, you've added to these things. We, we, if we had it all to do over again the last 25 years, we'd do some things the same. We'd do them the same. And then there's some things uh, that we'd change. We say, uh, you know, that worked, but it, it really wasn't just the best thing on the planet, you know. So we'd change that. And there's a lot of things that we'd never do again. <laughs> we we want to learn from the past, and we would just never do it again. So I challenge you today, anytime you drive up and down Sutter, or whatever this street is in the back, I forget that one, that Junction. Okay, thank you guys. Junction Road. I just challenge you whenever you drive by to just thank God for what he has done through this family, the family that meets here. And also ask God to bless this family with love and mercy and grace. Father, we thank you so much for remembering. I thank you so much for that rainbow. I, I just, uh, I see a rainbow, Father, and I believe in, in what you have said. Because you promised me that you would remember. And so I thank you for that. And it's been thousands and thousands of years since you said that. And I believe that when you put the clouds in the sky and that rainbow shows up, that that moment you see that, you're repeating that covenant with me again, with us again, that you remember what you've said. And so, Father, let us use this building as just something as simple as that rainbow and say as we drive by, God, thank you for what you've done here. And Father, let us use the power of yesterday to draw closer to Christ and to help others grow closer to Christ and realize that tomorrow is so very, very important. Thank you, God. Amen. Wow, can you guys thank Paul for that? Thank you, Paul. I'm going to use this down here. I don't know if I told you that, Twilight. I'm going to use the, this down here. Well, I got a couple of words for you this morning. Grace and peace. Glad you guys are here today. We have been in our series called Making Change. And we are finishing that today, uh, and it's appropriate that we are, as we're also having this covenant ceremony uh, between our church family and a new elder and his wife. So um, I just want to, if you haven't been here, you haven't heard these, these lessons, you're welcome to listen to them on our website if you would like to, or you can get CDs here. But I, w I will tell you, these have been challenging to me personally, and uh, I hope they have been to you as well. And this has been the simple truths that we've been learning from making change. And that is, less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. So why don't you guys say those out loud with me? Let's say them together. Less is more, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. Let's pray and we'll dig right in to our, our lesson today. God, thank you for 25 years 
of meeting together here. Thank you for the, all the memories, for those of us that have been here a long time, that have flooded our minds as we've thought back at the miraculous ways you've worked in people's hearts, in their bodies, in their relationships, in their lives. We thank you for that, God. We give you praise today. Lord, we want to every week pray for another church in our village and ask you, God, to uh, use the gospel in that place. And so today we want to pray for the Episcopal Church. And God, I just want to pray specifically uh, for what Judy asked me that we pray for, and that be for them to have patience and your guidance in their work. And Lord, I pray today that as she uh, states the gospel, I just pray that that happens today, that she says the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that as she reminds people of what Jesus has done for us, that you will draw hearts close to you. Because we know the power of salvation is in that story. It's not in this building, and it's not in any other building. It's not in me. It's in that story, God. We believe what the Bible says, that that is the power unto salvation. So we ask, my, we ask uh, boldly, God, that you would work today there at the Episcopal Church. We also pray you'd work in our midst today, God, as we have this time together. Would you help us to realize and remember how much tomorrow matters? And we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. All right, tomorrow matters. We are looking at a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 12. You're welcome to open your Bible if you'd like, or we'll have the scriptures here on the, on the screen. Starting in verse 16, this is what Jesus said right here. He told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. What a lucky guy. You guys think about this for a second. This guy has been so successful, he's got lots of extra, and he's got to figure out what to do with it. Verse 18, then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, self, it doesn't say that in the text, but if you're talking to yourself, you can say that. Self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. This man is under the assumption that all Listen to me close. This is important that all the blessings that God has given him are for him. He thinks this stuff is for his own consumption. He thinks God has blessed him so he can be a blessing to himself. Is that why God blesses us? Our scripture that the King family read for us today so well says that God blesses us, it says in some versions, on every single occasion so that we can be a blessing to others. That's what 2 Corinthians teaches us in that text. Not to ourselves. America has totally missed this, in my opinion. When I get extra, what does the world tell me I should do? What should I do with the extra that I have? We'll save it. We'll save it for what? For the future. Okay, for whose future? Your future. It's for you. I've got extra. I don't know what to do with it. Well, spend it. Well, what should I spend it on? Spend it on yourself. What if I already have every single thing I need? I, I can't even think of what to ask for my birthday or for, for Christmas or for Father's Day. I have everything I need. What should I do then? Well, then you should upgrade. That's what America tells me to do. 
take your kitchen that works perfectly fine and throw it away and put a different kitchen in that works perfectly fine. Take your car that runs pretty good or really good and take it in and get another one that runs pretty good or really good. Take your phone that works perfectly well and go trade it in and get another one that works perfectly well. What should I do with all this extra that I had? The message from our culture is clear. Whatever money you get is for you. That's what our culture says. And it was the same in their culture. I'm sure everyone that's listening to this story that Jesus is telling is sitting up on the edge of their seat. They're saying, wow, this guy is so blessed by God. He is so wise. He's prepared for tomorrow. This is incredible. And they're all thinking, that's how I want to be. I want to be just like that guy. That must be why Jesus is telling this story. But it's not. Because Jesus says this. He says, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. You fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. God calls this man a fool. And why does he do that? He does it because his life is demanded right now, right this second. And I can imagine, it doesn't say this in the text, But I can imagine because this make-believe guy, if he's a human being, then he's thinking like the rest of us do. Wait a second. This can't be the end of my life. I have lots of stuff. I have lots of money. I'm prepared for tomorrow. That can't be the end of my time. I have lots of money for years to come. Isn't there a correlation between my amount of savings and my amount of time on this earth? It's like the people who used to say, I can't be out of money. I've still got lots of checks left. Remember that? Isn't there a correlation between the amount of savings I have and the amount of time I have? And God says, no. In fact, you're a fool if you think there is. What is Jesus saying with this story? He's saying the exact same thing that he says in many other places throughout the gospel. And here's what it is right here. We do not get credit for what we leave. We only get credit for what we give. Read that with me. We do not get credit for what we leave. We only get credit for what we give. And here's why. Because in case you didn't know this, everyone leaves the same amount. And here's how much. That's how much everybody leaves. Everybody leaves all. And you don't get credit for doing the same thing that everybody else does. Verse 21, Jesus says, this is how it will be. This is how it will be. What does he mean? What does he mean how it will be? It's a total loss for this man. This guy lost everything he had stored up in his barns. He lost everything that he had saved. And he lost something much, much, much more important. He lost this right here. He lost opportunity. He lost opportunity to do something good with his resources. This man had loads of resources. And what do resources equal in the kingdom of God? They equal opportunities. So you, if you have extra money today in your bank account, what does that equal in the kingdom of God? It equals an opportunity. If you have extra talents You have things that you can do to help others. What does that equal in the kingdom of God? It equals opportunities. What about you that have extra time? 
You've got all these hours in a day, but you've got some extra in the weekend or in the evenings or in the mornings. What does that equal in God's kingdom? It equals opportunity. Some of you just have extra stuff around your house, like we talked about. Less is more. Some of us have so much stuff we need to clear out. What does that extra stuff equal? It equals an opportunity in the kingdom of God. This man lost all his stuff, all his talents, all his money. He lost all his time. But most importantly, this man lost his opportunity. That's what was gone. He can no longer do something good with what God has blessed him with. And you know the reason why he can't? Because he's dead. <laughs> That's the reason. As far as I can tell, when somebody's dead, there aren't any more opportunities. That's it. Not to do, with, not to do anything good with what you've got left here. It's a total loss. And this is how it will be, Jesus says. For who? For whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God is not rich toward God. How can we be rich toward God? Other religions in the world, they say, if you want to be rich towards your God, you bring them gifts. You bring a gift in to, if you're a Buddhist or, or if you're a Hindu, or you bring in these gifts and you try to give them and you try to bribe the gods to do something good for you. I know some Christians who do that. They put some money in the plate and they think, I just bribed God. He has to do something good for me. God makes it pretty clear that's not the way this works. Not the way this works. The way you can be rich toward God is by being rich in good deeds toward the people God has created. That is the way to be rich in God, rich toward God. You have that opportunity to bless people today. And the reason is because you're alive. You're breathing today. And one day you won't be anymore. You'll be dead. And so will I. But you're alive today. And so do it today. Bless somebody today. And here's the reason, because what we do today affects tomorrow, and tomorrow matters. Well, what do you mean by tomorrow? What I mean is eternity. Eternity matters. The future matters. You have opportunities today to make an impact in the future, in eternity. When you die, that opportunity to impact the future is going to be gone. Well, what impacts might we have on the future you have an opportunity to make today to make an impact, first of all, on your own eternity, on your own eternity. Jesus says this later in the, I don't have this up here, but you can look in your, in your scripture. In verse 33, he says, sell your stuff and give it to the poor, and this way you will store up treasures in heaven. And so here's the deal. Somehow in the kingdom to come, you're storing up treasures by what you do today. Some people might say, well, I don't want any treasure when I go to heaven, I don't need any treasure. Well, I'll tell you what, you can take that up with Jesus because I didn't make that up, he said it. So you argue with him when you get there if you don't want any treasure, okay? This is just what he said. Your eternity tomorrow is gonna be impacted by what you do today. The things that you bless people with, somehow in the kingdom to come, God's gonna bless you with treasures. What other impact might we have? It's also gonna have an impact on your heart, on where your heart will be tomorrow. Your heart is at a certain place today. It's probably in a good place. You're here at church, you're worshiping God, you're following the Lord, and your heart's gonna be at a place tomorrow, in the future. Your heart will be somewhere. Where will it be? Here's the deal. Verse 34 of this same chapter, 
Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God knows how to get your heart to be closer to him. That's our mission here at Gateway, to grow closer to Christ. And God knows how to get your heart closer. Let go of money. And money will let go of you. Loosen your grip on your stuff and all that stuff you think you own, but it actually owns you, it will loosen its grip on you. What you do with your stuff today is gonna impact where your heart ends up being tomorrow. And most importantly, what you do today is gonna have an impact on where others will spend their eternity. You have the opportunity today, because you're alive, to give some of what you have in order to change the eternal future of other people. God lets you participate in his work by giving you extra stuff so you can use it for his kingdom. Some people are going to be in heaven from Mexico. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Not everybody that's going to be in heaven is going to be from America. I don't know. I just want to check and make sure you guys knew that. Some people that, come, that are going to be in heaven are going to be from Mexico. And you know what's going to happen? You, some of you in this very room will have participated in that by giving some of your stuff to Wyatt Sparks. And he hides it inside his truck and puts it inside something and illegally sneaks it across the border. <laughs> and he takes it down to a rehab center. And that rehab center saves somebody's life and they meet Jesus Christ and they're going to walk up to you in heaven one day and they're going to say, thank you. Thank you for not hoarding all your stuff. Thank you for not building bigger barns for your own consumption. Thank you for realizing God blessed you so you could bless other people. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for realizing you had an opportunity to make a difference and for choosing to do so. See, folks, tomorrow matters. But here's the deal, today, today is the day when we choose if we're gonna invest in tomorrow or not. Watch this video. These are roughly 28,835 jelly beans. I counted out 500 of them and used those to weigh the rest. In this pile, there's one jelly bean for each day that the average American will live. You might have more beans in your life, or maybe less, but on average, this is the time we have. Here's a single bean. It's your very first day. A special day, but kind of a rough day on everyone involved. Add 364 more and you have the first year of your life. Now, for a sense of scale, here are your first 15 years. 5,475 days which brings us to the threshold of adulthood. And at that moment, this is the time that we have left. And this is, on average, what we will do with all that time. We will be asleep for a total of 8,477 days. If we're lucky, some of that time we'll be sleeping next to someone we love. We will be in the process of eating, drinking, or preparing food for 1,635 days. We'll be at work, hopefully doing something satisfying for the equivalent of 3,202 of those days. 1,099 days will be spent commuting or traveling from one place to another. 
maybe a little bit more if you live in L.A. On average, we will watch television in one form or another for a total of 2,676 days. Household activities, like chores and tending to our pets and shopping, will take another 1,576 days. And we will care for the needs and well-being of others, our friends and family, for 564 days. We'll spend 671 days bathing, grooming, and doing all other bathroom-related activities. And another 720 days will go to community activities, like religious and civic duties, charities, and taking classes. After we remove all those beans, this is what remains. This is the time that we have left. Time for laughing, swimming, making art, going on hikes, text messages, reading, checking Facebook, playing softball, maybe even teaching yourself how to play the guitar. So what are you going to do with this time? How much of it do you think you've already used up? If you only had half of it, what would you do differently? What about half of that? How much time have you already spent worrying? instead of doing something that you love. What if you just had one more day? What are you gonna do today? It's a great question. What are you gonna do today? And how? How will it affect the kingdom of God? How will you bless other people with your excess that you have? Today, we've said that yesterday matters, and we've remembered great things that have happened. And, and we're saying tomorrow matters in the kingdom of God, and it matters today because we make decisions that are going to affect the kingdom tomorrow. And one decision our elders have made, after asking you guys to pray about it and listening to your input as you've come and talked to them about the question they ask about Brian and Deborah serving in our leadership here. They've decided to ask the Boveries to join our other shepherds in leading this church. And this is a serious, serious responsibility for Brian and Deborah to take today. Shepherds in the kingdom of God are servants. Shepherds watch over our lives. Shepherds pray for us. Shepherds give an account for us. Shepherds are concerned for our spiritual welfare. Shepherds protect us from the dangers that would pull us away from Christ. Shepherds protect the message of the gospel. And shepherds set an example for us to follow. I'm thankful for the shepherds we have here, and none of them are perfect. Every one of them screws up. I'm just, let's just say it like it is. They all mess up, every one of them. But these things I just said are what are in their hearts. This is what they desire is to be this kind of shepherd. I know them, each one of them personally, and I know that's their heart. These shepherds are here to watch over us, and the Bible calls us sheep. The Bible does not call us consumers. The Bible does not call us members of a democracy. So we 
don't complain or vote at Gateway. We don't do that. We sheep follow our shepherds. That's what we do. Sheep in the kingdom of God submit to their leadership, the Bible says. The Bible tells us that we follow their example. The Bible tells us that we respect and we love them. The Bible tells us that we make their job a joy instead of a burden. The Bible tells us that we should ask our shepherds to pray over us. And the Bible tells us that we should believe the best about our shepherds. And for that reason, we take time to make a covenant with our leaders each time we appoint a new elder here at Gateway. I know some of you are visiting today and you're visiting from out of town or some of you are just checking out churches. And I know that those of you that you're not like a part of Gateway and our family, the next part of this may be a little bit uh, less meaningful for you, but I hope you'll stay. It's just gonna take a few minutes. But uh, you can observe, but we, the sheep of Gateway, we're going to participate, okay, with our shepherds in making a covenant with them. So I'm going to invite Brian and Deborah to come to the stage. You guys will come on up here, and we got two microphones, so I'll let them stand here. Turn this on. Is it off? Okay. Caitlin, come on. You can come up here, too. And we'll let you guys stand right here because we want to be able to hear your voice as you guys step up a little closer. Come on, Colton, come on up here. We're glad for the whole Bovary family to be here. Colin's already gone to start his job in grants. Isn't that right? That's great. All right, well, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions. Uh, Let me come down here so I can look you in the face while I ask you, okay? And so I'm asking on behalf of the Gateway family, Brian. Today, we're asking you to join the other shepherds of our church family in taking on this great responsibility. We've seen in you and in Deborah the characteristics of godly leaders, and we want you to continue setting an example for us to follow. Today, we want to make a covenant with both of you and with your family that we might follow you as you imitate Christ. So, Brian, I want to ask you first, has God placed in your heart the desire to serve our church family as one of our shepherds? Yes. Okay. And Deborah, let me ask you this. Has God placed in your heart the desire to support Brian in his role and to help him lead our church family? Yes, he has. All right. I'm going to ask all the other elders and their wives to come on up on stage, and I'm going to turn it over to our elders to... to, uh, share this time with Brian. So the quicker you guys want to move, the less <laughs> nervous they'll be. So come on, let's go. Good, I like being first. Brian, we have watched you grow through the years to 
become a person who is leading others in their relationship with Christ. And it is obvious to us that your life is centered on the kingdom of God. We see the godly characteristics that the Word points out to when describing shepherds on God's people. Brian, every day you are entering into a covenant, an agreement with the church, this church family. While we do not expect you to be a perfect person, we do expect you to accept the responsibilities that the Bible states are squarely placed on your shoulders of God. And Brian, <coughs> you have become you have become the man of God through the support of a great wife. Every good man has a good wife behind him, a good woman. Brian, with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's Word, you will, will you strive to remain close to Christ each day? And will you serve this flock by protecting the purity of the gospel? Will you set a godly example before us to follow? Will you stand against those who would hurt this church family? Will you watch over the lives and pray for our families and anoint the sick with oil? Will you show us the path of grace when we have wandered from the flock? And above all, Brian and Deborah, will both of you love us as Christ loves us? Gateway family, you're entering into a, a covenant, an agreement with Brian. And after hearing these questions, you can uh, express your intentions by saying we will or being silent. Gateway family, with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's word, will you place your lives under the leadership of Brian as one of your shepherds? Will you listen to him, respect him, and love him? Will you follow his example as he follows Christ? Will you offer him grace when he makes mistakes? And will you pray for him and Deborah as they lead our church family? Thank you. You know, the Bible says, don't only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And when I thought, thought about that, how does that happen? Well, one thing, if we're all by ourselves, there's nobody to forgive. If we're all by ourselves, there's nobody to love. If we're all by ourselves, there's no one to weep with. If we're all by ourselves, there's no one to laugh with. So we've been put into a community of believers here to share our lives and to be able to encourage one another and to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, you know, we, we've heard a lot, I think, the last few weeks about the gateway families, what it's been called. But in a way, I think we need to rethink that in the fact that we're God's family. Uh, 
we're part of God's family. Uh, when I think of that, there's a song uh, that we haven't sung in many years, but I want to just read the first verse of that. It says, we're part of the family that's been born again. A part of the family where love knows no end. For Jesus has saved us and made us his own. Now we're part of the family that's on its way home. <clears throat> sometimes we laugh together. Uh, sometimes we cry. Sometimes we share together heartaches and sighs. Sometimes we dream together of how it will be when we all get to heaven, God's family. So I just want to say in, in behalf, I think, of all the elders, uh, you do give us joy in being a leader, part of the leadership of this family. Uh, and I hope we will continue to encourage one another and help one another and pray for one another and uh, and be God's family here in this place. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for the blessings, and we know you've blessed us with physical families and earthly families, and, but Father, we're thankful to be part of God's family that meets in this place. Father, we thank you for Brian and his family and how they've been a part of this family over the years. We thank you for his willingness to step up and serve and help in a, in a leadership role to, to be a servant to this family here. Uh, Father, we ask a blessing on him. We ask wisdom for him. We ask guidance. We ask knowledge. We ask for your spirit to fill him, Father. And we know that uh, he has to empty himself for that to take place. So thank you, Father, for his willingness. All this we ask in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask the elders to stay right there for just a minute. And I'd, I'd like to ask us to take this opportunity to re-covenant with all of our elders and uh, their wives. And so I'm just going to ask as a member of our church family out here, I want to ask all of you uh, this question. And you can say, we will, uh, because I know this is in your heart, so I'm pretty sure you're going to say it. Gateway shepherds, with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's word, will you strive to remain close to Christ each day? Will you serve this flock by protecting the purity of the gospel? Will you set a godly example for us to follow? Will you stand against those who would hurt the church family? Will you watch over our lives and pray for our families and anoint the sick with oil? Will you show us the path of grace when we have wandered from the flock? And above all, Will all of you, shepherds and wives, love us as Christ loves us? Amen. All right. And as a church family, I'd like to invite us to recovenant with all of our elders and their wives. So, Gateway family, we can say we will to all of our elders after I read this. Gateway, with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's word, will you place your lives under the leadership of these shepherds? Will you listen to them? Will you respect them and love them? Will you follow their example as they follow Christ? Will you offer them grace when they make mistakes? Will you pray for them and their wives as they lead us and our church family? We will. All right. You guys can go ahead and be seated, and I believe Kelly has something.
that she's going to share with Brian and Deborah.